The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Chilling allegations in this criminal complaint. Nicholas Roski arrived outside the home of Justice Brett Kavanaugh with the intent to kidnap and kill. Federal authorities say Roski took a taxi cab to Kavanaugh's Maryland home at 105 Wednesday morning. Wearing black clothing, he got out of the cab and was spotted by two deputy U.S. Marshals who were guarding the home. The Marshals saw Roski walk down the street. About 30 minutes later, Roski picked up the phone, called 911, and said he wanted to kill Kavanaugh and was having suicidal thoughts. When police arrived, they found a Glock pistol, a knife, a screwdriver, pepper spray, a crowbar, duct tape, and a nail punch. Pretty methodical list for a guy that's clearly crazy, but not too crazy to put together all the elements he needed to break into a house and kill a Supreme Court justice. Yeah, I mean, by definition, if you decide I'm going to murder a, a judge of the Supreme Court because I don't like a decision, you got to be nuts. Although, when I first heard the story, I thought, oh, this guy's crazy, uh, clearly very troubled and very nuts. But no, I think he's a hell of a lot more calculating than some of us originally assumed. Uh, you know, I'll explain as Jack uh, tells the tale. Shocking lack of coverage of this story, by the way, as it didn't really make the front page of the New York Times. There's a line linking you to a small story on page A20, doesn't make the front page of the nation's most important newspaper that someone was hoping to assassinate a Supreme Court justice. He's been charged with attempted murder, so he's far enough along for that. Well, and to reinforce the brutality of their dishonesty and hypocrisy, just the other day, one of the lead stories in the New York Times and all the other big uh, papers was the fact that the Justice Department was saying, hey, things are really whipped up and we're afraid there's going to be political violence. You guys went crazy with that story. Then two days later, it happens. And you say, I didn't see anything. 
What the hell? It's not on the front page of the USA Today at all today. And I couldn't find it inside either. How is that even possible? Anyway, this Roski person who's been arrested, and they've barged, the FBI has gone into his home in Southern California today. Roski stated that he had began thinking about how to give his life purpose and decided that he would kill the Supreme Court justice after finding the justice's Montgomery County address on the Internet, which was posted by people who don't like the likely coming Supreme Court ruling. So they Yeah, that, that Ruth sent us radical group. Roski further indicated that he had purchased the Glock pistol and other items for the purpose of breaking into the justice's residence and killing the justice as well as himself. He bought the gun and all that other stuff specifically to kill a Supreme Court justice. He wanted to give his life purpose. Michael, if you could play us a little clip of the sort of thing that might uh, give an incentive to a guy who's got this mindset from Chuck Schumer. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. No backbencher he, Chuck Schumer, is the leader of the U.S. Senate. With that tone of voice and those words, the chief justice of the Supreme Court said that is not the sort of thing you can do. He said it's dangerous and irresponsible. Because of course it is. You have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. So this uh, young guy, he's got his gun, he's got his stuff. He takes a taxi to Kavanaugh's neighborhood. He gets out of the taxi and sees two marshals, looks them in the eye, that are standing outside of Kavanaugh's house, then starts walking down the street. Then he calls 911. If the marshals hadn't been there, and they've only been there for a few weeks, they were put there right after that Supreme Court document leaked. And everybody got all fired up. But if those marshals hadn't been there, who knows what happens in this story. Well, right, like I started to say, uh, the idea that uh, he was there in the neighborhood then called 911 on himself. I thought, wow, this guy's really crazy. No, he came face-to-face with the marshals and thought, oh, my God, I'm effed. What do I do? And he decided, ah, I'm going to call on myself and say, I'm suicidal, I'm troubled. Come help me. I'm very, very troubled. Yeah, Um Even in the wake of the attempted assassination, some pro-abortion groups met the news with a shrug. Ruth sent us, the group that has organized the protests outside the conservative justice's home and printed the addresses on the Internet, responded to the news of the attempted assassination with a meme reading, Oh, I'm sorry, did you want some privacy? Does Kavanaugh hold any responsibility for the people's rage against him, they pondered? Which, of course, is a really scary backwards way of looking at things. I mean, if we're going to decide that you're responsible for your own injury or murder, if I don't agree with your politics, well, then it's all over. I mean, the whole thing is over. Oh, that's just stating that political violence is justified. Yeah, and then it's over. It comes completely apart. And the lack of news coverage today is just shocking, and everybody has made this point, but we'll make it again as, as we made it yesterday. If it had been a Republican outside of Justice Sotomayor's house with a gun stating he wanted to kill her because she's in favor of abortion, this would be the only story in America still today. Oh, yeah. 
The president would have spoken about it. Nancy Pelosi would have talked about it. It would be everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And I would have been page of every publication. And I would have been just as horrified by it, by the way. Just as horrified by it. When they opened the Overton window, enlarged it, when they enlarged what was okay to include angry protests on the right outside Justice's homes, which is against federal law, specifically and unequivocally. I mean, it spells it out. That is illegal. But the Justice Department made the decision, and maybe you think they're right, that stopping these protests would uh, turn into a a poop show. I mean, it it could get violent. It would get very ugly. Let's let these people yell and chant and march and get it out of their systems, and then let's just not worry about it. The problem is, once you let that be firmly established is okay going to a Supreme Court justice's house and screeching at the top of your lungs in violation of federal law. That's fine. We're going to let you do that. Well, you don't need to be some sort of sage, some sort of political or sociological genius to understand, well, if you get to go that far, people who are unstable or overly emotional or whatever, they're going to go farther. Come on. Who needs that explained to them? It's yeah. this will not end until somebody is dead. Right, and maybe not then. John Hinckley Jr., who almost killed Reagan, he was crazier than this guy. He was going to see Jodie Foster, the actress, because he was in love with her. I mean, this guy, as awful as it is, had a more understandable beef than that with Kavanaugh. Um I don't want to do what I was complaining about the other day of assigning the worst motives to people you disagree with, but what is the news decision of the New York Times or MSNBC, which didn't have this story at all? I fast-forwarded and fast-forwarded and fast-forwarded. I couldn't find the story. Maybe they did it, but I couldn't find it this morning. Um, What is the news decision to not treat this like a story? Well, they're dyed-in-the-wool ideologues. And or partisans and they, stories that are they consider themselves the good guys and stories that are bad for the good guys. They don't want to do. They can't be pro murdering of Supreme Court justices, though. Um, no, no, I don't I wouldn't suggest they are. But I think their enthusiasm for opposing it uh, varies completely depending on which justice we're talking about, yeah. which is a sickening and perverse attitude. Well, it doesn't work ultimately. No, it doesn't. Uh, also, I think it's worth uh, pointing out, as they did in the dispatch, that uh, if you assassinate a president, you get the Veep, same party, mostly the same policies. If you assassinate a Supreme Court justice when the other party, if you know what I mean, is uh, in the White House, you could well get a much, quote-unquote, better justice for your point of view. So there's an incentive to assassinate conservative Supreme Court justices. Recognizing that reality, you would think people would be frenzied to prevent it from happening. Absolutely aghast at the very possibility. The Senate passed in an overwhelming bipartisan majority this measure to immediately protect the Supreme Court justices. Immediately. The House is sitting on its hands, won't pass it. They've said, well, they ought to protect the clerks and the employees too and the secretaries and the and the uh, janitors and everybody else, if you work at the Supreme Court. So, you know, yeah, if you won't fund Secret Service for everybody, why do the justices get it? Which is obscene, Nancy Pelosi. That is obscene. Yeah, and as has been pointed out, this is the 
there's never been a Supreme Court justice assassinated, and part of it is because the Supreme Court wasn't seen as such a political thing until Congress stopped doing its job and dealing with laws. Because that's where we're supposed to dissipate our anger and differences. And, uh, you know, an elected body that changes every two years and all that sort of stuff, that's a way it did, did, did you know, to, to, uh, to organize and rally and, 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 and you know, change opinions and, and maybe get something through dealing. But no, no, nobody deals with anything anymore. So the president writes executive orders or the Supreme Court has to make the entire decision. And it's not good. It's an excellent point. It's true. Although, back to my throwing haymakers at the left media especially, compare the coverage of the bearded halfwits who are led along by the FBI in their idiotic plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, of which they were ultimately acquitted of most of the charges, if not all. Good point. Um, Compare the level of coverage of that to a guy who actually showed up heavily armed with burglary tools, protective equipment, etc., and said, I'm here to kill Brett Kavanaugh. He was on he was on his street. God, I just I, what's it like to go through life with no principles? It must be really <laughs> handy. What what is it like, folks? Seriously. It's gotta be liberating, I guess. I don't know. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about the rise of youth cage fighting, whether or not you think that's a good idea. Got this Mexican bridge that collapsed during the inaugural walk by the mayor so they do the big opening for the new bridge and they walk across and it collapses everybody falls to the bottom oh boy you know no bueno you gotta put that up in the finals against the gm executive who's touting their electric car that is charging the battery with coal (laughs) i mean which which is the more unintentionally hilarious it's tough to pick we have that gm electric car video at our website which is armstrongandgetty.com much more on the way um if you miss an hour of the show you can get the podcast at our website and other places it's called armstrong and getty on demand armstrong and getty The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's my fourth grader's last day of school today. Probably a lot of people listening are in similar situations this week or next. You know who's a billionaire? The guy who invents the drug that makes you feel like it's the last day of school. (laughs) Yeah. I would be a hopeless junkie. They would have to strap me to a bed to make me stop taking that drug. What is the deal with the last week being so incredibly unproductive? I mean, I'm not against it, but it's just they are. Why didn't we quit last week? Well, back when uh, I had more faith in teachers and administrators, I would tell you that they have to make absolutely sure they get everything done during the school year. And in an abundance of caution, they get done a few days early, getting all the curriculum taught that okay. they're supposed to, the tests, et cetera. That makes sense. Because otherwise, I feel like, and I'm, I'm, I don't have any problem. The kids are having a good time. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like you were joking yesterday. Okay, kids, we're going to watch a movie. Here's The Lion King. All right. <laughs> Sim- similar thing that they did at my uh, sixth grader school yesterday. But just, I was thinking, uh, why not? I guess we're just enjoying a week, an extra week of childcare, or something. Pretty much, yeah. Well, I say get them out of class, get them back in the fields, <laughs> working. Right, right. 
But uh, my yeah, my fourth grader, they get out early today, and he's just absolutely thrilled. Going to go swim at his friend's house, and yep, nothing feels quite like that. The the thing I would like to get back is, I mean, you can't get the last day of school feeling specifically, but what I would like to get back is the sense of time that you have with youth. Um, <laughs> oh my! Gosh, and a lot yeah. of that is just is just plain living more in the moment than you do as you get older. Boy, wait a minute! You're onto something. No, well, it's clearly true. Good things or bad things, kids don't really think about if they're more than like a day away. They just can't even really hardly focus on them. Yeah, and just being fully invested in what you're doing that moment. Yeah, this day is gonna this 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 going to the pool today is gonna last forever, or summer vacation certainly gonna last forever. It feel always felt like that to me. Certainly didn't feel yeah. like it was ninety eight days or however long it is. And and, wow. and 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 that's wow. better, isn't it? Isn't that a better way? Isn't that you're devastating me? Yes, it is. Clearly, is kids don't either literally or metaphorically check their phone from texts from work while they're doing something wonderful. Mm-mm. Of course, they don't have to because they got no damn job. Get them back in the fields. <laughs> I'm back to that. But Slackers. That's, but that that's true. No, they don't do that. But yeah, kids don't interrupt fun things for a quick like, oh, it's a back to reality. I better check on this. No, they're just completely lost in the fun thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that, that's it's what I would like. A kid. That's what I would like to do is get back that sense of time. Do you get that back? Maybe if you're older and like retired or something, does that come back to you in 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 uh, post work age? No, because I still think, you know, every day is one one millionth of your time on Earth. As opposed to kids, the numbers are very different. So mm-hmm. each day seem, looms much larger. Yeah. I was telling my 12-year-old yesterday, I said, it feels to me like you, you've you been around for about two, three years. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I think I'm at about a sixth. And I think that's about right, a sixth for me. Every week feels like maybe a day. They seem to go by like days practically. Six months is a month, and that's about right for me. Wow. So you're like aging like an anti-dog. Or like a dog. Wow, that might, you're blowing my mind. And according to my parents, who are Joe Biden's age, it speeds up dramatically from here. So No, stop it. I know. Don't it's hard to even don't. wrap your yeah. head around that. I'm not trying to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rise of, rise of youth cage fighting. They're doing MMA for kids, and maybe you want to get your kid in, involved in this. Kids boxing has been around forever, golden gloves and that sort of thing. Wrestling, certainly. Yeah, yeah, you don't beat on each other's heads in wrestling like you do in boxing and MMA. You're not going to get a hand injury, almost certainly. You are going to get beaten in the head if you're boxing or doing this MMA. They wear wear head things like they do in golden gloves boxing, but... You know, as boxing is on the wane, this is what it's going to be for youth now. So get your kids involved. Have them beat the hell. Choke somebody out. Teach your nine, <laughs> nine-year-old how to choke somebody out. Useful skill. Yes. <laughs> a useful skill. Matt Walsh's new movie, What is a Woman? Hilarious. Some commentary on that. Stay with us. Armstrong. And- if you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. TikTok clip stuff we're going to play here in a little bit, so I'm kind of excited. We're going to ease into it. We're going to work up to it. First, a chunk of the trailer from Matt Walsh's new documentary entitled, What is a Woman? What is a woman? Can you tell me that? <laughs> well, you're at the Women's March. You must have some idea. Please, if one person could tell me what a woman is. You are not here for women. We ask you to leave. What is that? I'm a husband. I'm a father of four. I host a talk show. I give speeches. I write books. I like to make sense of things. A woman is not anything in particular. There is not one particular thing. It could be many things to many people. Some women have penises, right? Some men have vaginas. I like scented candles. I've watched Sex and the City. Yeah. How do I know if, if I'm a woman? That's a great question. You're not a scientist. You're not a gender studies major. No. How do you know that you're a man? I guess because I got a dick. Can a man become a woman? <laughs> I'm not a woman, so I, I can't really answer that. Women only know what women are. Are you a uh, cat? No. Can you tell me what a cat is? Do you want to tell us what a woman is? 
I'm here live. I'm not a cat. Hey, no. uh, different, different video, Michael. Uh, and then it goes into much more serious ground um, in, in that he challenges very gently and in gentlemanly fashion uh, some of the uh, gender surgery, the sex change surgery industry people who get extremely hostile very, very quickly at, again, the most even-handed and gentlemanly questions about what they are espousing. It's really quite shocking. Uh, Matt Taibbi, of all people, who's a dyed-in-the-wool lefty on most things, but is a free speech guy and is not a radical progressive, uh, watched the movie, and he had some some bones to pick with it because he's uh, he disagrees with Matt Walsh on all sorts of stuff all the time. But he wrote a couple of things I found really, really interesting. Uh, he mentions in one scene, Walsh interviews a Tennessee-licensed marital and fer- family therapist named Gert Comfrey. Walsh reads from her website, You say, I use a combination of approaches in my therapeutic work, including anti-oppression, feminist, and narrative frameworks. I rely deeply on systems theory and the understanding that individuals are products of and in dialogue with our surroundings, including our families, broader culture, workplace, nature, and political climates. What uh, what does that mean? Comfrey, whose game and a good sport, tries to cha- translate. Yeah, so thinking about the modalities that I use, I'm definitely informed by, like, feminist family theory. And the ideas that we live in gendered worlds where there are certain imperatives that are placed upon us about who we are and what we do based on how we've been gendered. She goes on like this for two and a half agonizing minutes, during which time they, preferred pronoun they, them, theirs, I checked, say things like, we know now that some women have penises, right? Some men have vaginas. Walsh prods, etc. He asked that question about sex in the city. Um, and uh, and uh, he says, uh, am I a woman? Great question. Comfrey replies with a nod before dismounting to the surprise ending. I'm not a woman, so I can't really answer that. So Ms. Comfrey is herself uh, transgender or whatever. Uh, but he talks about how... Um, the, the other guy said, I know I'm a man because I got a D, you know, I got a penis. Um, that if the activists really want to reach those people, they need to be able to use fairly plain language to understand or to explain rather what they're talking about. To reach that person, to change that person's mind, someone has to come up with a way to reach him in equally plain language. But the most well-meaning intellectual in the movie, Ms. Confrey, who we're just quoting, by far the most sympathetic trans advocate Walsh interviews, has a website composed in an Amazonian jungle thicket of anti-language that even I had a hard time penetrating. And not only can't answer Walsh's simple question, but ultimately declines to do so on the grounds that even a person born female or assigned a female at birth, if you like, is not qualified to answer it oh so she isn't transgender she was she's always been a woman but uh, isn't comfortable saying what one is it's just extraordinary so speaking of the uh pronouns question the libs of tiktok rolls on even though the awful taylor lorenz of the washington post tried to ruin the woman's life who ran it i think others have probably taken it over and uh here is um somebody or other do we have the name well first let's explain what neo pronouns are in 72 what are your preferred pronouns? Uh, they, them. Oh, I've never heard those before. What are they? Uh, they're what's known as neo-pronouns. What are neo-pronouns? They're basically your own custom pronouns. When no other pronouns seem to fit, you come up with your own pronouns. Anything can really be a pronoun. Oh, how do I use them? Um, it depends on the person and their pronouns. 
Zazem follows a similar spelling to they and them, and even similar grammar rules like zare and zare. So zay, zem, zemself, zares, things like that. Oh, okay. And there are other new pronouns you said? Well, yeah, because they're customizable. Anything can be a pronoun, really. Oh, I didn't realize that you can customize your own pronouns. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Well, I think if you played that for all of America, I'm thinking like 80% of people would think that was a bit. Yes. Yeah, I think it's time to revive the useful and informative phrase, the narcissism of small distinctions, too, which is part of being young. Neo, boy, absolutely part of being young. Neo pronouns. It's it's the, 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 to get off on a tangent because that's what I do. The, the the we were talking a little bit ago about how you'd like to be able to recapture the whole, the way you look at time when you're younger. I would love that. Uh, the way my kids feel about the last day of school and the upcoming summer and everything like that. I'm I don't want to recapture the need in youth to like distinguish yourself from all of humanity. I I, mm-hmm. I don't want to recapture that at all <laughs> because it's just. It's just it's so draining and 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 pointless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to hit, figure out who you are, but the process we all go through is a little embarrassing in retrospect. Uh, oh, speaking of pronouns, well, uh, and, young and and the well, the thing I always say, I want to be I want to be like most people. Most people own a home. Most people are happily married. Most people have a job. Most people, you know, I want that's what I want to be. But when you're young, the last thing you want to be is most people, right? Right, yeah, yeah, indeed. So, uh, young Jax, J-A-X, is going to further explain neo-pronouns for us. 73, Michael. Hi, I'm Jax, and I just came up with new neo-pronouns that combine he, him, she, her, and they, them, okay? So hear me out. They, them, theirs, okay? They, them, their, whatever you want to consider it, right? Let's take the first one, the, okay? This combines she, he, and they, right? They. That's what thee said, you know? That's what they said. That's what thee said. All right, go on, please. Next, we got them, right? Okay, so then we got, that's just combining them and him. Them, you know? I went to a movie with him the other night. Okay. Why are we we doing that, though? Uh, because it makes you feel cool and picky, and it's the narcissism of small distinctions. No, don't call me he. Call me them. 75. Last one, theirs. Okay? It's just like theirs, but like also like hers. Theirs. That jacket's theirs. Yes, this just sounds like they, them pronouns, but with the new ultra-scientific method, we have them so they've combined he and she as well. Everybody gets you with them theirs today, yeah? Hey. Hey. Get a job. Oh, jeez. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Find something to occupy your time that isn't adolescent ideological masturbation, please. Maybe go with the regular kind. Get a job. Oh, my God. You so badly need something to do. Them need to clean the bathroom. (laughs) Them needs to go work at the McDonald's. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. (sighs) I, I, I might have two kids spouting this stuff before I know it. I don't know. Oh, trust me, I think about that a bit as we're looking forward to visits, but anyway. (laughs) 
Oh. <laughs> oh boy. Um, let's see. Is we uh let's see. Well, this is probably too uh um, the narcissism of small differences, <clears throat> which apparently was a notion uh, co- uh, cooked up by the Germans. Is the thesis that communities with adjoining territories and close relationships are especially likely to engage in feuds and mutual ridicule because of hypersensitivity to details of differentiation. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure how that enters into narcissism precisely. I'm more interested in the psychological. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't remember yeah. where I heard, first heard that, but it is uh, it is a really good way to understand a lot of things. Yeah, here is a psychology wiki. The narcissism of small differences is, and of course, this is one of those websites that so aggressively has pop-ups and videos and bullets, it is unusable. Give me a moment to get the reader view going. Three, two, one. Still not ready. There it is. Uh, the narcissism of small differences is a term coined by Sigmund Freud in 1917, based on earlier work by a British anthropologist you'd never heard of. Uh, Crawley, in language which differs only slightly from current tem- terminology of psychoanalysis, declares that each individual is separated from others by a taboo of personal isolation. Uh, describes the phenomenon that is precisely communities. Oh, yeah, okay, it's back to the community. So if you have a lot in common with people, the more you have in common with people, the more aggressively you must point out tiny differences to the point of absurdity. Sure. To make yourself feel special. And we all go through it. I get it. But don't ask me to take it seriously, kid. I got a job to do. Oh, get a job. <laughs> the, Zim, Zerp, Glooby Glooby. My pronoun is Glooby Glooby. That combines glue with BB gun. Because I like to stick myself, whatever. Shut up. God, d- d- let the grown ups talk. Huh? We will. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick. And hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I have a kind of interesting, not important kicker story news. I've got something troubling. So what order should I do these in to finish the show? Oh, you definitely want to do the troubling first and then move to the lighter fare. At least that's what I would suggest. The Department of Homeland Security warns that there are people in online forums known for hosting violent extremist content that are praising the Uvalde shooter, and it's uh, something that uh, we need to be aware of, apparently. Um, Praise for Uvalde shooter and call for copycats is growing online, Homeland Security warns. Well, I guess the good thing is that they're watching this and... Probably have some ability to keep an eye on these people a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I've run into enough really troubled young men that I believe this. Uh, I can picture it. It's it's sickening. They have no compassion, whether it was beaten out of them or they just genetically didn't get any or whatever. Or think being, something went wrong in the womb. I don't know. Yeah, who are, who are actually capable of violence. And then there's the other crowd that just likes to be, you know, contrary and a very or dangerous, extreme. scary. Yeah. That's right. They And they don't understand that people will actually take them up on their suggestions. It's sickening, which is why the Internet is so evil. It used to be somebody with ideas like that would try them out on a couple of people, have them rejected forcefully, and shut up about it. We we absolutely need transition music here because it would be too jarring otherwise. What do you have for transition music, there, Michael? This is a good one. There you go. Oh, I've been using this one for forever. Here's the note I like. Huh? Good tune. Oh, and then the harmony. <laughs> hey, that reminds me. I've been watching the, uh, the Miles Davis documentary on Netflix. Uh-huh. Really interesting. I mean, just a stunningly gifted musician, and then some of the music's wonderful, but man, was he troubled. Oh, God, I'd say. Uh, in breaking reptile news, two things for you. A giant crocodile-faced dinosaur has been discovered on the Isle of Wight. Says you, crocodile-faced. And would probably be the largest predator ever to stalk Europe, scientists say. This new crocodile-faced giant dinosaur. So that's kind of exciting. 
In wow. more recent reptile news, dinosaurs are reptiles, aren't they? They are. The Galapagos tortoise, which was believed to be extinct, has been found alive. I'm getting better. Where was the last place you saw it? <laughs> the, the giant tortoise is still alive. Wow, uh, that's not, good news. Not extinct. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been horrified by the idea of anything going extinct, even though gazillions of beasts have gone extinct since the beginning of Earth. And if some of them were still alive today, it would be a horrible place to live. <laughs> If pterodactyls were still flying around, picking people up randomly, you couldn't even have a dog or a cat, let alone children outside, if pterodactyls were still around. You know, I hate to uh, to, to be bitchy, but uh, you violated one of your own most sacred rules. You told us that the uh, alligator face thing, or whatever it was, was the biggest predator to stalk Europe. How big is it? They, 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 the story does not have that information. And actually, the story, BAF. The story I looked at. You know, uh, this is kind of interesting on its own. A lot of what you know about the size of dinosaurs is a guess. A lot of it is an extrapolation from the few bones they have, and they could be way off. You know, you get sure. a big giant head, but there's, you know, you know people like this that got a big head, doesn't match your body. <laughs> You couldn't, if you just found their head, you'd think, good Lord, this person was 12 feet tall. But it's not true. They had a regular-sized body with a giant noggin. Yeah, but still, I mean, they think the uh, Tyrannosaurus is 30 feet tall. Maybe it was 28. That's still big. Right. True. Bite you right in half. It's Thank you, Fountains of Wayne. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap up the show for the day. There he is, our technical director, pressing the buttons. Michael, your final thought? Yeah, we learned something about Joe Getty today. You know, earlier in the show, you mentioned you want kids to work in the fields on the last day of school. And then you wanted kids with the neo-pronouns to get a job. So Joe Getty really wants his kids to get out there and work. I really do. It's good for me and be good for them. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. He's working. Alex, a final thought? We talked about the Angels a little bit today. The baseball team down in Los Angeles, they've lost 14 games in a row, and I was curious to see how much tickets are going for those games. There's one man reselling his seats on SeatGeek.com for a dollar per ticket. <laughs> they've lost 14 in a row. The record is 23. Do they still feature the greatest baseball player of the current day, Shohei Otani? And Mike Trout, both of them. Wow. Wow. And by the way, they're not in Los Angeles. They're in Anaheim of Los Angeles. Uh, Jack, a final thought for us. Yeah, I was just thinking about my last day of school when I got to be in high school meant that now I can go work my manual labor uh, feedlot job full time and get up at 5.30 in the morning on the last day of school, the last three years of high school. So, eh, wasn't quite the same feeling. Yeah, yeah. My final thought is another one of the people who commented on uh, Matt Walsh's movie, What is a Woman? This one gal says, I think he did a great job highlighting just how radical gender ideology is. It's not simply pseudoscience, it's anti-science, as it fundamentally rejects the notion of a stable and discoverable material reality. Truth is just literally socially constructed by language, so anything's the truth and nothing's the truth. Yeah, bull crap. Mm. 
Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We've got some fabulous swag for you, some brand-new T-shirts. You can drop us an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. The hot links are there. Great clicks and stories, all sorts of stuff. And the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. You can get them at the website or wherever you like to get podcasts. I was just looking over our contract. We are required to be here tomorrow. What? So I guess we will see you tomorrow. God bless America. Adios, mofo. So it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. It's kind of bogus. It's a wild animal. Joey, baby. Yes, we drank beer. I tell you what, you got a a tiger and two monkeys, get a case of beer, you got a party. (laughs) (laughs) Experts tell me all bloody hell is going to break loose. Okay. Then we'll bring this fool in. Your name's not but 3000, you yo-ho. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.